Welcome back to another All About Jesus podcast. We got Jeff Gilgore on here today from Chillicothe. Um, we'd met him, uh, I'd met him, his parents and my parents go to Cowboy Church over by, kind of by Jane Sport, and they've been praying together for him, kind of like they used to pray for me. Then he kind of ended up here with uh, um, Willie Deerdorf. He's here with us today, and um, just kind of a special story there. But uh, Jeff, we'd met him through the Abba House and uh, become good friends with him, got to pray with him at a Man Up Revival up to Kirkley a couple months ago, then just... Uh, Really become good friends, like I said, and uh, welcome, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm terrific. How are you? Awesome, awesome. Good. good. How's Willie today? Man, uh, yeah, just uh, just thankful to be here, man. Uh, praise God, and uh, just want to say hello to everybody out there today, in Jesus' name. I'm going to read out of James uh, 1. Um, Two through four. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Willie, do you want to start us off with prayer? Yeah. Father God, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you. We thank you for our stories, God, for your glory. God, I thank you for my brother, God. Thank you for his life, God. I thank you for his family. I thank you for this All About Jesus podcast, God. What God can do with a man's yes, I pray that this Yes, this word, God, would ring out to other men right now. That there would be a faith arise in somebody right now. That they would uh, say yes to God. God, I just thank you for my brother Jeff, God. Thank you for the day you called his name. Thank you for his salvation. God, I thank you for his freedom from past. God, and uh, we just continue to pray out there for, for all the mothers, the daughters, the sons, the cries that are going out for the loved ones. God, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would use this to call prodigals home. God, for the cries of people's hearts. God, I just thank you for this time. I pray that you would open up hearts. God, we're confident today in our hope in Christ. And I pray that faith and hope would arise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's been, took a little break of doing podcasts and kind of get back to going here. Willie hadn't been on for a while. And obviously this is Jeff's first one, so we'll kind of, go through some of Jeff's testimony, and if there's some things that uh, me and Willie get highlighted with, we'll ask you some questions about that, but we'll just kind of let you get started on uh, your testimony, wherever you want to get started at. Okay. All right. So, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was born in Chillicothe, Missouri. Um, my parents was uh, Rexanne and, and Paul Gilgore, and uh, <clears throat> I was... My parents got divorced when I was like seven or eight. I can't remember. And then, uh, you know, once um, my parents got divorced, then, uh, you know, you get this feeling of why doesn't, why doesn't your own biological dad want to have anything to do with you? You know what I mean? What, what is it that you did wrong that, that, that he don't want nothing to do with you, right? But that question eventually got... To the point to where I didn't I didn't feel that anymore. I didn't have no feeling toward him. I didn't have no love for him. I didn't have no no none of that. And luckily for me, my mom was blessed with uh, Bill Cheney, which is my stepdad, and he's been my dad since I was eight years old. Um, he uh, he's a true blessing. Um, 
uh, he's – me and him's had rough struggles just like any dad and son's going to have rough struggles. But he's never – and ever since he's been my dad, he's never denied me not one time. I've never denied him not one time. So it got to the point to where I had a wonderful childhood. Um, well, I went on vacations. Went it was it was lovely, and then the whole high school sweetheart come up when I was in high school, and so the high school sweetheart came up, and then I got my heart broke. That's what started the whole drug addiction. So that's when I when I started. Dabbling into pills, I started dabbling into this and that and this and that. How old was you, Jeff? Um, I was seven, 16, 17. 16, 17. Yeah, 16, 17. And then I started dabbling into pills. <clears throat> and at that age, even in my beginning of the, the pill addiction, I started, my mom, my mom had back, she had, she had broke her back a couple years prior to that on the three-wheeler accident. And um, even even before I was left high school, I was already stealing pills from my mom, her pain pills from my mom. And so uh, eventually I graduated, you know, couldn't hold a job. I went to Landmark and uh, Landmark in Gallatin and was there, was living with my best friend and uh, – Ended up getting fired from Landmark because I couldn't hold my job because of my, my pill addiction. And then went and lived with my grandma for a little while. And that's when it really got bad. And uh, ended up, ended up <laughs> when I was there, I met, I met Cassie Holzer, which is my daughter's mom. And uh, we have a kid together. And we was actually... Born on the same day, the same hospital, the same year. We was in the same room together and everything. Wow. And I, yeah. And uh, I didn't meet her until I was 21 years old because her dad was in the military and so she traveled, right? Uh-huh. And she just moved up from Florida when I met her. She had I, she had been in Chillicothe or Chula. She had been there only a few months, I think, when I met her. <clears throat> Our grandparents were best friends and we hadn't even, we didn't even know each other. So uh, I met her. Me and her became best friends, and I was still in my my drug addiction. I had a uh, uh, I was uh, being a DJ for uh, Grand River Inn, and I had a grand mal seizure. Hmm. While I was uh, and it was oh it was overdose is what it was, and um, <clears throat> man. Went to the hospital. I woke up in the ambulance. I thought I was dead because I seen all nothing but lights. And they took me out to the emergency room. And my family's out there, of course. And, you know, of course, they already know the deal. By the time I get there, they already know what's going on. So I'm like, uh. So then get through that. And I get I get through I get through that. And then I go and catch my first felony and break into a a, a pharmacy. And Broke into a pharmacy and got caught a few days later. Got and go to uh, went to jail. This is my first time ever getting in trouble. I went and uh, got probation out of the deal. I went and did a treatment, got out, and made it about three months. During that three months, I thought it was uh, okay to. Break into my sister's, my sister's ex-husband's house, and steal my nephew's Adderall that he needed. So, uh, I did that, and then caught a couple more cases and charges, and that's why I went back to prison the second time. So. <clears throat> And then, uh, or that was the that was my third time. I'm sorry, that was my third time. I went back to prison. First time was on a probation violation for I think it was like a dirty dirty UA whatever. So I uh, do about three years flat on this time. Cassie stayed with me the whole time. By the way, 
Cassie was with me the whole time, and she wrote me letters. She she took care of me. She uh, and then I get out. I get out, and while I was in this addiction, while me and Cassie, me and Cassie got together, and then she was with me all through my whole addiction, and but she was also with me through my good times. But there was a girl that she knew that her mom was a. Uh, uh, she taught at the at the uh, adolescent school or the alternative school in Chillicothe, and her name was Haley, I believe. I can't remember, but she had she got pregnant while she was in school, had a daughter named Tessa. It's her right there. So had a daughter named Tessa. She didn't know how to take care of her, so Cassie took her. Cassie took her, had her for five years, basically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was in prison for a little bit of that. But other than that, I was like, <clears throat> I was the only dad that she knew. You know what I mean? And so, uh, so I got out of prison the last time, right? I get out of prison last time, and I had we had Tessa, and we had Tessa, and then I even still, even then, after doing three years in prison, after doing that three year stint in prison, and I still manipulated my niece to go while she was still living at home and steal pills from my steal steal pills from my nephew's pill bottle and and his Adderall and give them to me even and then I I go and get questioned at the police department about that and about because they thought I broke into the house again and I lied and said, no, I didn't. Well, I mean, I didn't. I was just having my niece do it. So, get past that. And, of course, I lied to everybody about it. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, you know, we get past all that. And um, then we have Tessa. And then her mom decides she wants to show up in her life. And we had her for, like I said, like five, five six years. I can't remember. And her mom wanted to show up in her life, and then she she got to just show up and take her from us. She didn't have nothing to do with her for the first five years she was alive, but then gets to just show up and take her from us. So that hurt. That was that was bad. That was all bad. Um, but then I got yeah, like, huh? But it wasn't it wasn't all bad, man. What a, no, no. What a blessing that you got to spend that time with her and God lets you do that. And what was done in that little girl's life in that time frame, you know, can never be taken away. That's right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) then Cassie's like, well, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, I ain't never having kids. I said, I was never going to have kids. Never going to get married. <laughs> well, so nine months later, here come, here come Hannah. <laughs> and actually, uh, Cassie was eight and a half months pregnant. And I took her to a, uh, took her all the way to Chicago. Me and her went to Chicago to go see a Jason Aldean concert. And I was actually doing good then. I had, had a car. We was, took her to a Jason Aldean concert. And uh, at Wrigley Field, she was eight and a half months pregnant. We was stuck in traffic jam for four hours. Wow. In the middle of summer. She took it like a champ. She, was, she never complained. She walked everywhere with me. She, mm. she, she was absolutely amazing. And so we get, we get done with that. And then when Hannah was born, that was the best thing. And, whew, mm. I cried like a baby. Um, Hannah was born. Then I, I, I got back into my drug addiction again, but I was working at Woodworth and I, you know, I, I was trying to handle both of them. And then, uh, then I get fired from Woodworth, uh, cause I stole money from them. I mean, why wouldn't they fire me? So, um, and lied about it for the longest time. But, and then one weekend, one day, 
Cassie's getting ready to feed Hannah. You're going to have to excuse me. Doing good. Let it flow. She's getting ready to feed Hannah. And I look at her. And she's purple. I freak out. Cassie's freaking out. We don't know what's going on with her. I'm cussing God. I'm like, don't you do it. Then a few minutes went by. A few minutes went by. And she, I don't know what happened, but she she got her her color back. And Praise God. Yeah. We went to the doctor, went to the, and she tested fine for everything. She was fine. I sat up next to her bed, stood by her bed for probably six months, <laughs> six months straight. I could, you know, uh, it freaked me out. But you would think that it would freak me out enough not to leave or straighten my life up. But instead, what I did was, is I got even more into my addiction and I met this woman and uh, left. <laughs> Just up and left with my daughter crying, screaming. Up and left. How old was your daughter at that time? Three, I think. Three. Two or three. And, uh, just left like it was nothing. That's what drugs will do to you. So they turned you into, the, into this demon, man. It, anyway, so I left and I put Cassie through like five years of of hell, basically. You know what I mean? And then I left. I mean, I stole from her dad. <laughs> I stole from Cassie. I stole from everybody. My addiction took me down a road that if I walked into a business, like you couldn't, you couldn't trust me because I would steal something. If I walked into your house, you couldn't trust me because I would steal something. It was, it was ridiculous. I can't even tell you how I used to get enjoyment when I was in prison. I used to get enjoyment out of, out of like preying on people. Like, I got enjoyment out of that. When I was in my drug addiction, I uh, would get enjoyment out of taking a poor, innocent soul who who thought that she was better than everybody. You know what I mean? And I would give her drugs and basically ruin her life. He was demonized. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that went on. Um... So I met this I met this this female. I left Cassie and she put me through 3 years of pure hell. Like it was it was horrible. It was horrible. <clears throat> ultimately ultimately led up to me going back to jail and her going to jail and I had to go do 30 days and I got out and I was doing good for a couple minutes, I think. <laughs> And then there went that. And when I say I was in a drug addiction, I'm, I thank God to this day that I abused alcohol. I abused every drug possible. The reason why that is because I have a strong hatred for all of it. I don't want nothing to do with none of it. And it is all, it, it, it is all a demon. It is, I don't care if, I don't, yeah. I don't have no ambition to even want to do anything that has anything to do with any alcohol, drugs, or anything. That's good. How was your your parents through all this? Where was? Uh, do you have any contact? With my them? mom. My mom always. My mom always had my back. She's an amazing mom. She always. She was always there. She was. You know what I mean. My dad. He got fed up with me. Uh, my real dad. He died when I was. Right out of high school, I think. I can't really remember. But when he died, 
when he died, I was like, my mom called us over to my grandma's house and she's like, your dad died. And I was like, okay. And I don't care. You know what I mean? And so, uh, did his funeral, you know, did all that, but never really affected me because he didn't have nothing to do with me anyway. So you're still holding unforgiveness against him. You think? No, no, I, I forgive him. You forgive him? Yeah. I forgive him. I actually, um, I'll get to that in a minute, but, um, my mom was, has always been there for me. Always. My dad, there's, uh, my dad, my stepdad, there's a couple things you don't do to him. Don't, don't lie to him. Don't steal from him. And I've did both. So he kind of got fed up with me for a while. Mm-hmm. So he spaced himself away from me, which that's fine. I mean, I get it. And then, but I get out of, I get out of jail and my mom picked me up. Um, I get out of jail and, uh, go right back into it, go right back in, into it. And but worse than what it was before. What was drawing you back into it? <clears throat> I don't know. The lifestyle. Don't have to work. You know what I mean? Sell drugs. You don't have to do nothing. You can stay home. You can do it. Make your own schedule. You can get high. You get this euphoric feeling. But I'm here to tell you, no, I've, I've done every drug that there is. And no, there's not a drug out there that will compare. The high will ever compare to the high that you get serving Christ. Amen. Word. Yeah. So, uh, it's an amazing, amazing feeling. It is. So, uh, the Bible says in uh, John 10, 10, yeah. that the thief come to kill, steal, and destroy. Yeah. But I've come that you might have life. Mm-hmm. That I have come and you might have life. Yeah. And have it to the full. You know, and... Uh, you know, I, it's just time to turn the light on, on the devil and his demons. Yeah. You know, and really expose them. Yeah. And uh, the first part of your story, we hear a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, I really believe that uh, the the cry upon your mom's your stepdad's heart that God had mercy upon your life and uh, you know that whole time you were out there your mom was crying out yeah yeah and uh, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about that about what you know about my mom just uh yeah, just your kind of your journey home here. Now, was your mom always a believer? Yeah, yeah. My mom's always been a a, a believer. Um, my my grandparents they they was both believers. They they was both churchgoers and they believed in Christ and that you know what I mean. But my mom, she's always been that. Um, well, I haven't always went to church every Sunday or anything like that. But you know, she. Uh, She's an amazing mom. Every every night, get home from school, get home from whatever. She, there was always a hot meal cooked. There's always, <laughs> she just, she's a God-fearing woman. And now, now she's even walking closer with Christ. And so that's even more amazing. Imagine all them times she's prayed and now seeing the, yeah. the miracle. Yeah. yeah. So we've heard that you was not a good dude. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Um, let's start telling how you got back yeah. to where you're at now. Okay. So how so, did that all get started? So, uh, you know, after a person, after a person does so much for so long and they walk down this, this road of evil and this road of just straight hatred and I hated myself and I hated everybody and I hated, anyway, I had this thing about, you know, going in and robbing Walmarts and, and, and doing this and doing that. And finally, you know, it catches up with you. So what had happened was is before I got caught up this last time, 
um, I was trying to get myself into this sober living environment in Gallatin, Missouri. Had me a bed date. Then I ended up going to jail for two weeks. And part of my bond stipulation was I had to, uh, I had to um, go to this sober living environment in Gallatin. Okay, so I told him I had a bed date because I did have a bed date. Dude told me I had a bed date. My parents come and bond me out of jail. My dad always told me he was never going to bond me out of jail, but he came and bonded me out of jail. And so um, he bonded me out. I call up to the sober living environment, and they said, well, your bed date, your bed date's taken. There's somebody in your bed. I'm like, oh, crap. So I'm like, now what do I do? So then my mom says, what about, my mom and dad says, what about Willie? What about Willie? And I'm like, what about Willie? And I had knew of Willie. I heard his testimony, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, years before. <clears throat> Dodged him in Walmart, I don't know how many times. Every time I'd see him, you know, he, I'd see him and I'd go the other way. I didn't want to hear about God or nothing had to do with God, and I know that's all he had to say to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <clears throat> and I'm like, what about Willie? And so, I remember my mom saying something about the Abba house. They were starting up in Chillicothe. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go wherever. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Come on with it. So we call. She calls you right first. Yeah, I'm not real clear how it all. But she went. called you or Joe. I think she called Joe maybe first. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Joe's like, uh, I didn't know Joe. Never met Joe. And Joe said, "Can you just come in at ten o'clock in the morning? We'll talk about it." So my mom's like, yeah. And so, I guess in that in that time, he talked to you. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, and here's the thing about the Abba House is like you ha- you have a screening process you have to go through. Yeah, like you know, two weeks or a month. There's been some guys that's been a couple months before they went in there. Well, my mom called that night. I was signing papers at one o'clock the very next day, and I was in bed at ten o'clock that night na- that night in the Abba House. Now, this time when you had to go into the sober living or go to the Abba house. Was you ready to change or you was just ready to do what you had to, to kind of stay? No, I was ready to change. Once, once when I got caught this last time, I could have ran. I could have, I could have, I could have did all this, but I just looked at myself and I said, what are you doing? I don't want to keep doing this the rest of my life. You know what I mean? So I I just, I didn't, I just, just stood there, waited for the police to get there and get me. You know, uh, I just want to encourage everybody out there in uh, in prayer. You know, uh, yeah, just encourage everybody out there in prayer. You know, with uh, with Jeff's surrender. You know, because uh, there was a time that uh, we was all gathered together, and uh, his mom asked for a pamphlet you know, for the house and the ministry. And then, uh, you know, she had been praying for Jeff for years. And uh, those prayers were resting up on Jeff. Right. I believe that's why Jeff surrendered. You know, I believe that's why Jeff was ready to change. And uh, God opened up a door one day. And me and Joe was together. And we went and hand-delivered that pamphlet to Rex and to to Jeff's mom's house. And I don't even know if the Abba house was open yet. And we hand-delivered that pamphlet that day. And we continued to cry out to God for Jeff's salvation, continued to call his name call him home through the authority in Christ as uh, many other people did as well. Even in church gatherings, I heard, a, I heard the cry go out. And I just want to encourage everybody out there in, in prayer and in calling their loved ones home and uh, in, in this freedom, you know, that we have today in Christ. And, uh, and I know I know today with all my heart that Jeff sets here today surrendered, ready to change, uh, born again in Christ because of 
the cries because of all the prayer that was resting up on his life. That's right. <clears throat> Before we go any farther, can you say just a little bit of what the Abba House is in case somebody doesn't know what we're talking about? Then I'll have Jeff kind of say what he thinks about it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, with the Abba House, you know, for for me, you know, my name's Willie Deardorff, and I struggle with uh, drugs and alcohol 20 years of my life, and I was hopeless. And God came in my darkness. And he called my name. And he led me back home. And he put a cry on my heart. For other men. He showed me that Jesus, in the book of Luke, he came to seek and save the lost. And I just began to set my face towards God and praying for these men that we see today, that we sit with today. And uh, first, God would bring me around some elders, a couple people to pray with. And then God began to encourage us in faith, and God put seven people, men and women, uh, to lead this ministry in this house and to gather and begin to lead and pray. And uh, the Abba House is a, is a place for men to come. Uh, we believe every man is called and, and chosen to be there by God. And, and uh, we, we just lead them in discipleship. Uh, you know, the principles of being the men of God, uh, you know, standing up on the rock, uh, building their life, and being a new creation in Christ. Uh, you know, so it's a, it's a first phase and second phase and third phase program. Uh, it takes a little over a year, you know, uh, you know, so it's just uh, spirit-led as far as uh, the calls and the conversations. And, uh, yeah, so we just encourage you, everybody out there with, with that. And, uh, you know, just continue to lift us up in, in prayer, you know. And, uh, yeah, we're just excited to see what God's doing in the earth. I think sometimes we pray and we cry out to God and it's not the answer of the prayer ain't quite like what we thought, but, uh, man, I can just see God moving, moving in our hearts and, and in our midst. And, uh, I'm so thankful. Yeah. The Alba house is just a wonderful place for, uh, men to go. It's been changing a lot of men's lives through the power of the power of Jesus as Jeff is sitting here we've had other Alba, guy, Alba house men give their testimonies at uh, man up and Jeff has gave his testimony to man up and just to see this uh, this house and what it's doing and uh, myself I've tried to help out as much as I can but just very supportive of it and uh, just very it's just awesome to see Joe Burkholder and yeah. <clears throat> Willie and uh, John McNeely and uh, their wives all yeah. working together, putting uh, the Lord first to be able to help other people. Amen. Mm, yeah. yeah. Amen. So we kind of know what the Abba House is now. What uh, was really helped you get your feet back on the dry um, ground here? Well, God mainly. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. God, if <laughs> it wasn't a big for, deal. Yeah, he's a, he's a real big deal. Uh, if it wasn't for God, then, uh, then I wouldn't be where I'm at. And... As Willie uh, said, prayers. Prayers a big, big thing. Yep. When we go to church, when we're in the house, when we're when 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 one brother's down, we all pray for him. We all the power. There's so much power in in prayer that people people underestimate it. They also underestimate what how much power 
God has and what he can do. Mm-hmm. I underestimated it for almost 38 years. Right. You know, some people longer than that. Um, some people shorter than that. Here's the thing is you can go your whole life live in the way of the devil and <clears throat> it just takes just takes God just that quick. Right. That quick for you to realize what you're doing, you know what I mean? Turn your life around. It takes a little while to build up sometimes. Sometimes it don't. But it's all worth it in the end. And I'm free from addiction, free from lying, free from stealing, from cheating, um, from what's up? Let's go. Yeah. Uh, free. I've, I mean, freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Free. So you got to the Alba house that one day. You got signed in. Yeah, I freaked out the first night I was there. <laughs> so how's it? Uh, how's your life been since you've got to the Alba house? How about uh, you know, I heard a lot about uh, your your stealing stealing from people. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hear about that forgiveness and and making oh, amends okay. with people. So yeah, so uh, while I've been in the Alba house, um. I've did the one thing I thought I'd never do. Um, I've wrote letters to people that I that that I've stole from Walmart. Uh, wrote a letter letter to their uh, their their main their main um, corporate person. I've um, went to all the businesses in Chillicothe that I could went to that I thought that maybe I stole from. They've all forgave me. All invited me back in to the store. I. Uh, even got a chance to go, and the house, remember me telling you about the house I broke into and stole my nephew's Adderall pills? Mm-hmm. That house was owned by Brandy and Kyle Woodlock, and, you know, I had this hatred for them for, I'd hate, I had this hatred for at myself, you know, I was mad at myself, and then I was really mad at them for, because I went to prison for a couple of years over that deal, and so, um, Three weeks ago, I had my niece's, my great niece's birthday, and they was both there, and I got to apologize to both of them and ask for their forgiveness, mm. and they they accepted my forgiveness and they received it, and now uh, Brandy is going to church every Sunday at Turning Point, and it's wow. Um, so what that what that feel like when you uh. Big sense when of, you when you ask for forgiveness, you know, like what did that do in your life? Gave me uh, freedom. Gave me that big old weight lifted off me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I, I didn't hesitate about it. I'm, unlike any time I, I know that I've did wrong in the past, I have that that boldness to go up and say, I know what I did. You know, it's up to them to forgive me or not. You know mm. what I mean? If they don't forgive me, that's up to them. But only thing I can do is ask for it. Right. So, but luckily so far, everybody's forgave me that I've asked for forgiveness. Have you forgiven yourself? Yes, sir. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times that self-hate for ourselves causes so much trouble because we feel so shamed and embarrassed. We just keep yeah. digging our hole, digging and digging and digging until yeah. uh, you finally hit rock bottom. And some well, of us got to, everybody's rock bottom is different. And, uh, well, I've, did, I've been homeless in the streets of Kansas City. I've been homeless on the streets of Chilcotty. Uh, but I won't be homeless no more. Amen. So I've got got God in my life more so now than I've ever had in my whole life. He's um he I got reborn again the very first of this year. Um and then you baptized me at uh men's encounter. I know, that's awesome. That was amazing. That was that a great was, uh, yes. privilege for you to ask to, to even be able to to do that. So I I praise God and Praise thank you God. for the opportunity. I awesome. thank you. And um, I actually, I mean, this is where I met you. This this whole being sober this is where I met you. Yep. And Thane and and I've met a lot of people through 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 God and God's put a lot of people in my life that I never thought that I would ever have in my life or I never thought that I was I was worthy to have in my life. And um, you know, I've got I've got court dates that 
I've got coming up, you know what I mean? But I've gave it to God, and I've had this uh, this sense of peace, this sense of joy over me that I've never had before, um, and this sense of no worry. I don't worry about it. I don't anybody t- anytime somebody asks me about it, I don't. I said I gave it to God. Amen. Um, I don't worry about financial. I don't none of that. Every time I would pray over you, I always just pray that you'd be like Paul, just be able to to praise God through your trials and tribulations of yeah. um, jail or thinking about going to jail or court. So yeah. I think as long as you keep praising, and um, the Lord will obviously do His will. So. Amen. But you're gonna you got a big uh, big calling on your life. Yes, um, you wanted to yep. get into missionary work. Yes. And, um, yes. There's just going to be quite a quite an opening for you that the the Lord has been waiting for you to to make this turn and um, it's here and uh, it's awesome to see. I mean, what a what an awesome story what the Lord has done. Obviously, it sucks to go through what we've all have uh, had to go through, but uh, hopefully that testimony will save somebody else. With that said, I wouldn't change not one thing in my life that I've ever did because it would not have led me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. I got to baptize. My sister, mm. my daughter, I'm getting ready to, to baptize my roommate that just came in the Abbott house, mm. uh, my nephew. It's my family is all coming to church. They're all getting God in their life, and it is an amazing, amazing life, and it's it's a big deal. God is a big deal. So, uh, you know, through that love and that forgiveness, you know, God's beginning to restore relationships in your life yeah and uh god's beginning to get you connected and uh surround you surround you with godly counsel surround you with his his love his forgiveness and his presence you know yeah we weren't ever created to do it alone you know and uh i want to i want to read this scripture uh it says it's matthew 26 it says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your ha- heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more? Clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry. Say, what shall we eat or drink or wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And you know, uh, me and Jeff rode down here together this morning, and uh, God began to show us signs, and God began to speak to us. And we've seen five bald eagles on the road to come here. And God spoke to us about his sovereign hand. And I begin to think about the birds of the air and their feathers. And, uh, and God put that scripture on my heart. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. His grace is absolutely beyond anything that we can ever fathom. His love, 
is beyond anything we can ever ever fathom. And uh, when I say at one time in my life I was wicked, mm-hmm. and I was, I was, I, I was, that was, yeah, I was. But uh God can do anything. He can do anything. He can turn my life around. Amen. And He's turned my life around. And I have no desire to to look in my past anymore. I'm never going to forget it, but I forgive myself for doing it. And I I forgive every everything. Uh, every person that's deceived me or every person that I've deceived every time I've... Yeah. And here's the thing is that I probably still wouldn't have forgave myself or forgave individuals if I wouldn't have learned that if God can forgive you for doing all that stuff, why can't you forgive yourself and forgive others? Amen. So glory to God. I know we've all lost a lot of time by doing dumb things, but the Lord yeah. will restore all that time. He'll restore all the relationships and yeah. be better than there ever was before. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Just Ain't like he was of the man's hand that was withered when he healed <clears throat> that hand. They couldn't, after it was done, he could not tell which hand was was ever withered. So right. just like our lives will all be restored, our relationships with our uh, family will be stronger than ever. Yeah. Uh, our testimony will save other lives. Our, yeah. our, we won't save them, but through our testimony, yeah. the, the Lord will be glorified, and uh, that will draw people uh, to the Lord. And uh, Amen. <clears throat> and God's put, but like I said, God's put, put people in my life that I never thought would ever be in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've got Willie in my life. I've got you in my life. I've got your son in my life. You're, you're, you have an amazing family. Uh, the Abba house, all the brothers in the Abba house are all there for a reason. And it's to serve God and put God in their life. And they was all, there's a reason why all of them got there and, and how they, how they got there. And, uh, you know, when you first come in, there's a lot of doubt that goes through somebody's head. You know what I mean? It's just, but as soon as you release it, and as soon as you, you let your past go and you let all this anger or hatred or addiction or anything that you have going on inside you, as soon as you release it and let God have it, let God have your life, then this sense of joy will come through your heart. Sense of freedom will come over your life and your <laughs> your whole life will just do a complete turnaround. Why don't you just kind of tell us what a day of living in the Abba house is like, what all you, what well, kind of consists of there? Well, we wake up, wake up five o'clock every morning. I uh, get up five o'clock. Um, we're supposed to get up about five 30, but get up five o'clock. Six o'clock is devotion. There's nine guys in the house right now, but, or there's eight guys in the house right now, but so Every day of the week, one of us does a devotion, a certain devotion of what we want to do it over, mm-hmm. and we do it from 6 to 6.30 after that. Um, this is something the Lord lays on you, or you got a book? or No, this is just something, whatever the Lord lays on it. You can do it out of Bible. You can do it out of whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just whatever you feel that God is God is doing, God yeah. is leading you to. Yeah. And so um, Through the Scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we got that. Then I had to be at work at Chill Guy, the Iron and Steel, at, at uh, 7 o'clock, 7.30, I'm sorry. I start at 7.30. I work from 7.30 to 4. Come home. I cook twice a week. So as soon as I come home on, on those certain days, I have to hurry up, hop in the shower, cook dinner. Mm-hmm. Dinner's at 5.30. And then after that, and, you know, everything's about structure. Yep. And so – there's a lot of people who don't like it. I don't mind it. I've put myself through a whole lot worse in my life, and this is not nothing compared to what I've done in the past. Yeah. So, and this is helping me, not destroying me. Right. So I don't complain. Uh, I don't complain. I just do it. I try to try not to complain. I try to talk life into everybody in the house and uh, encourage some encourage each and every person. But uh, some nights we have. Bible study. Some nights we have church we go to, uh, turning point. Other nights, you know what I mean, uh, or relaxed nights. You know, we just get to, uh, we have to be in bed by 10 o'clock. 
be in our rooms by 10 o'clock, be in bed, just be, you know, and get up at 5 o'clock, 5.30 the next day. Yep. It's awesome. There's a, we got a TV in there that, that's a 24-7 International House of Prayer worship. So, that's, it's amazing. It's a, it's an amazing house. It's, it really is. Mm-hmm. Changing a lot of lives. It is. It is. Yeah. What's well, God preparing you for? Well, uh, I've prayed about it, prayed about it, and he keeps telling me that to, uh, as soon as I'm done with this, to go be a missionary. I just don't know where. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's small steps, but I can tell you God's preparing you to be the man of God he's called you to be. Yeah. And uh, to lay the foundation of Christ, and you're going to stand up on the rock. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. So <clears throat> how about your relationship with uh, – Cassie and your child, is that all? Uh, my, my, uh, my, Hannah is my best friend, and that's my daughter, and she's my best friend, and she's, our, our relationship is absolutely amazing. Me and Cassie, we are back to being best friends. Um, as far as that goes, I think that's as far as that's going to go. But, yeah, so, but we are, and then I just got good news the other day. Um, my daughter actually went to Cassie. And Astor said, well, after Daddy gets done with the program, can we 50-50? Yeah, come on. Yeah. Awesome. And, and Cassie said, yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah, just maybe speak on how just important it is for a dad to be in a mm-hmm. child's life. If you've kind of – your first dad was – you didn't have a relationship. Your second dad, there was some ups and downs, and now you've your own, got your own child. Just how yeah. important it is for us to be – to be real fathers. So that's uh our father our that that's what we have to look at is what how how our not our physical father but our spiritual father what what how good of a father he is. He's an amazing amazing father. So I was out of for out of out of my daughter's life for a few years. Well, the night before I came to the Abba house, I was talking to her on the phone and I said to her I said I said, so I want you to know that when my dad died, that I didn't care that he died. I didn't have no feeling for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, I do not ever want you to feel that way about me. You know what I mean? So let me, you know, I asked her, her asked for her forgiveness and she forgave me. And now our relationship is growing stronger than ever, and it's amazing, and it's very, very important. Guys need to realize that they got to have kids. Their kids <laughs> need to have their dad in their life. Amen. They have to have their – They that's a have-to situation. The, the dad's no more important than the mother, but here's the problem is that a lot of guys out there, because uh, because the kids are with the mom or whatever – they feel that they can just slide off and not be in the kid's life so much, and that's that's not okay because what you, it's no you need to be there just as much as the mom. Yeah, yeah, it's very very important. What if God were what if God were to just slide away from us? God don't slide away from us; we slide away from Him. Yeah, it don't matter if we have a kid that's a boy or a girl; they need <laughs> yeah, their amen. earthly father, yeah, earthly dad in yeah. their in their lives for the example to be yeah. set for the. The daughters need to be looking at us to, this is what that I would want to marry somebody like my dad. And Amen. The, and the boys need to, the example of what uh, what a Christian yeah. dad, what a Christian dad would look like. Yeah. It's just very important. It's messed up a lot of kids' lives when they can't love their own earthly dad, how to really love their um, heavenly father. Yeah. So there's yeah. a big role that the Lord has gave to us, and uh, we've all messed it up at times, but... Uh, as you said before, it can all be restored. It's yeah. awesome to see you and your daughter um, getting along like that, wanting to be with you and not holding any resentment with you, and uh, Cassie to be able to forgive you for the for the crap you did to her, yeah. and to be able to yeah. to move on and um, and just love you for who you are. That's just a, yeah. that's a sounds like an awesome awesome lady. Then your your mom and your dad to be able to just keep praying and just pouring into you and just uh, I couldn't ask for better parents. So. That's awesome. Then seeing yep. your mom at Turning Point some, you know, yep. getting to hug her and just uh, what an awesome deal just to be just a little bit of, just a little part in it. It's, uh, it's amazing to see somebody's life get 
totally turned around and um it's awesome it's amazing glory to god i have a question for you jeff um it sounds like you are Are you prepared to let god do whatever he wants with you amen to that yes sir yeah yeah that's without a doubt without a hesitation amen amen yeah um we always ask the same question. What has uh, been your biggest blessing, or the, maybe the biggest, uh, you're out doing a lot of ministry work. What is the biggest, uh, just kind of a miracle and something you've seen here lately? Maybe somebody in somebody else's life or something you've prayed over or just, uh, what have you been just like, wow, God, that was that was big. Other your own self. <laughs> well, uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I know that uh, my roommate, when he came in, he came in. I've talked life to him, uh, and I actually knew him before the Abba House. Didn't really like him too much um, at one point, but uh, he's an amazing kid. He's he's full of life, um, and you'd be surprised what just talking a little bit of life into somebody and, and what 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 that does, showing them how God, how powerful God is. Um, when me and you was at men's encounter, right? And, yeah, and I went up there and I said, or I went up there and we was praying, and then you said, "Here, let me introduce you to this kid, Mason, mm-hmm. right?" And I got to minister to him for however long, mm-hmm. and then to come to find out, like when we was leaving, I saw that you was getting ready to baptize him. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not saying that had anything to do with my ministry or nothing like that, because he might have already been bab- getting baptized. But just to be able to speak life into him and see that he kept trying to put up these walls and put up these walls and God just telling me, keep knocking them down, keep knocking them down, keep knocking them down. And he was, uh, that was an amazing time for me. I love to be able to try to minister to as many people as I can, uh, speak life into people, encourage people, just, but uh, I'd say the house as a general has is probably been the best, the best uh, proof of how God is and how powerful God is, because each and every person comes in there, and we're all from different lifestyles and all from different. You know what I mean? We could be at each other's necks and at each other's throats all day, every day, yeah. but we encourage each other, speak life into each other, help each other. Yeah, it's uh too good not to believe, brother. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I've seen uh mental health restored. Yeah. Prodigals brought home. Yeah. Family restored. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, man. And it just takes somebody's testimony like yours to be able to speak to that uh, Mason. And I'm not sure how he's doing today, but I mean, um, we did all we could. We did all we could do. Plant that seed. And I've done a lot of things in my life, but everybody's testimony is different. And yours just lined uh, right up with him and be able to. Um, able to work there with you and just see the the fruit um of your life being able to just love somebody else and just uh because it takes a lot of love to sit yeah. there and to pour into somebody else because it might be 15 minutes two hours three hours four hours we get into different deliverances i mean there's yeah. you don't do that unless you're filled with love i could not have done that five years ago i couldn't have sat here and talked with anybody five or six minutes i'd be bored and yeah just thinking of all excuses to leave but to be able yeah. to sit here and just to really care for somebody, that's, that that's amazes a, me every time. I think, man, I can't believe love. this. Right. Yeah. That's that, that's my, that's my favorite. That agape love, this unconditional love you have for everybody. Yep. You know, uh, one of the things that you spoke about, uh, is something that is really on God's heart right now. And, uh, I want to, I want to share this scripture, uh, and talk briefly about it. And then maybe have you uh, have you pray. All right. Yeah. So uh, James one twenty seven says, "The pure and undefiled religion before God, the Father, is this: to visit orphans and widows." in their trouble, and keeps oneself unspotted from the world. 
And, you know, we heard a little bit about Jeff speak about how important it is that the children have their father in their life. Mm-hmm. And sitting here today, there's a generation out there that, that's grown up and they, ain't, they haven't had their fathers in their lives. And, and they're, uh, they're lost today. And, and they need the men of God. They need men. They need mentors. Right. We need to begin to pray. We need to gather around and, and be the men of God that God's called us to be the leaders of our household to begin to have this ministry for the orphans and for the widows to, to begin to walk beside and, and mentor and lead and, and speak life. Uh, I, I ran into a young man yesterday, uh, and, and I've been hearing God speaking about this. So uh, I, I know it's God's heart, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, just uh, just pray for us, brother. Yeah, before I pray, I just want to say one more thing. So I was telling Willie on the way down here, I said, uh, on average, st- statistically, uh, there's 1,400 pastors who leave uh, the church every month. I don't know if that's throughout the United States or throughout the world. I don't know. But I don't always consider that a bad thing. The reason why I say that is because when I was growing up, I grew up Baptist, okay, and so I, I never, I never heard the words manifest, demon, um, rebuke, uh, anointed. Um, never heard none of that. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I didn't hear none of that until I came to the Abbott House. Right. So if you're not going to be all in for God, and you're only going to halfway do it, then you don't need to be a pastor anyway in my 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 that's my opinion now I might hurt some people's feelings but if you get offended then that's on you but if you're you you can't just pick and choose parts of the Bible mm. you want to believe you cannot do that right mm. it's either all of it or none of it amen good word yeah if you're going to a church and they're not uh, <clears throat> preaching the gospel they're not laying the hands on the sick they're not speaking in tongues or teaching on it yeah. They're not doing deliverance. Right. And they don't have testimonies. There's a pretty good chance you're going to the wrong church. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> amen to that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, with that, so we're just going to, you know, bind the spirit of offense, you know, yeah. and, uh, man, it's the truth that we, that we, uh, that sets us free. And, and I hear your heart, brother, and that was a good word, you know. And, and for me in my own personal walk, man, I, I would never, want to minister on my own i would never want to try to minister without the holy spirit and uh see the holy spirit is uh is what we need that's the perspective that we need uh you know to get up and begin to preach and teach without the perspective of the holy spirit can be very picky choosy it can be very harmful it's actually a a very the, it causes division. Uh, you know, it's good that we have the Holy Spirit uh, to lead us in, in the ministry. Yeah. You know, so we just bind the spirit of offense, uh, and, and we just pray, you know, that that, that the truth would come. And, and I just pray, you know, that uh, all the men of God that's desiring to come under leadership, you know, in the ministry in the church, you know, would uh, be baptized in the in the spirit, and and be led by the spirit. You know, and we don't have to do it on our own no more. And and we're the bride of Christ, and we need to do it together, unity, truth, and uh, do it do it together, and and know who the bride of Christ is, because it's time to stand firm. Right. No more compromising. No more conforming. No more bending to things around us, but uh, but know who the bride of Christ is. Know who we are, right. and, and stand firm on what God says and what He says about us, and walk in that unity, walk in that truth, 
because uh man he he's so good and yeah amen so you want me to pray yeah man okay your only father i just ask you just to come with us and come with uh come with me willie brian come with anybody that's listening come with the community come with the world Lord. yeah just be with all of us tear us all down and fill us up with your grace your glory your mm. righteousness your love uh the truth lord uh i want you to just fill everybody with your fire give them that 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 want to learn more about you and your word and 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 your way of life lord just come with all of us lord and just forgive us all of our sins for what we do is wrong and a lot of times we just we don't even realize that we do it because we're stuck in this path and just I ask for your freedom to free anybody that's listening, anybody that's here from that path of destruction mm. to the path of righteousness. Yeah, come on. I ask you this in all your all your precious name. Yeah. Amen. Amen, dude. Amen. As we was talking earlier, just uh, people need to quit hating themselves, bend the knee, and give it all to God, and all can be restored. Their lives will be better than ever. As we talked earlier, the, the leadership or our churches, we're sitting there with a lot of our people are dead in the Lord. Amen. People they are. need to get uh, yep. need people need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. Yes, they and, do. Uh, completely submit themselves to God and they will never be any happier, more joyful than they've ever been in their entire lives. It don't seem like that could Amen happen. That. But when you give everything to God, when you're fully submitted and the Holy Spirit is filled you plumb up and it's running over you and you're serving and you're just giving um your life is your life is what it's supposed to be speaking of serving i get to serve for my first time at men's encounter so Mm. coming up this week so that's gonna be awesome yeah i'm pretty stoked about it well thanks a lot for being on here jeff what an awesome testimony what the lord has done in your life should be a great uh give some people some uh Real hope. I hope so. I pray. You was at the lowest of lows, and now you're at the highest of highs. Amen to that. Thank you, Willie, for coming on here. Yeah, Awesome friend. Mm. I love you. Yeah. Praise God, man. Love you, man. We'll see you next time. Yeah.